these are the things that can help you grow your business. These, these are the tools that help you meet the goals that you have set for yourself. Welcome to another edition of Bridging the Gap. And this week, we're talking about Rolodexes. No, not the real Rolodex, but what people in the industry think of as a Rolodex, which is the CRM. And we're lucky to have Jennifer Thomas of Accelerate on the podcast this week to talk about how to get the most out of your CRM. So enough with me. Let's go over to the podcast and hear more from Jennifer Thomas. And let's dive into getting more out of our CRM. This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Jennifer Thomas, thanks for taking some time to join us here on Bridging the Gap. Why don't we just start off with you know, your background and tell us how you got to this point, how you started helping individuals on their, you know, their CRM systems. And I want to know, was this something that you, when you were growing up, you're like, this is what I want to (laughs) do? Oh man, no. I'll start with that first question first. No. If you had told young Jennifer that this is what she was going to be doing when she was a grown up and this was her full-time professional job and she loved it, this, I would have, thought you were crazy. But that little little Jennifer thought, who knows, thought she was going to be basketball player and then thought she was going to be a politician, maybe president, maybe governor of Texas. But no, I, I absolutely would not have thought I would be involved in technology and financial services or definitely not a hybrid of the two. So my parents both have had really successful, really interesting careers. And so all I knew as a young kid was that I wanted to constantly feel like I was working, I was contributing, I was making a difference, I was doing something that I could be really proud of because I got to grow up watching parents work their tails off and do whatever it took and kind of forge their own paths and their own careers. I also happen to have a sister that is extremely driven, extremely successful, pragmatic, logical, organized. She knew she was the one, the child that knew this is exactly what I want to do. This is my path. This is what I'll do. And she's accomplished much of what she set out to do. So I had a lot of really good role models, um, which, um, you know, at the time ended up not necessarily feeling like, okay, all these people have all this stuff going on, or my sister has everything figured out, you know, what's, what's going to be my path. But I really dug into sports and I, I draw on a lot of what I do. I think I draw on lessons and, and things that I learned playing sports and in games and in practices and all of those things. I know it's cliche because, you know, everyone has their, you know, their sports story, everything. But it is truly the way in which I think I'm, I'm just built um, to interpret work and goals and achievement is all sort of with that, that sports and team and, and competitive mentality. And the competitive nature is a, is, a, is a great kind of segue into what you're doing with Accelerate and the biz dev side of it, because it is competitive, right? It is a, there's a competition, there's a team aspect to it. It's an everybody driving for a similar mission to better the industry. But there is a transition. Sales isn't necessarily for everybody, right? Business mm-hmm. development is not necessarily for everybody. So I'm always curious of how you got into biz dev. So I actually started doing kind of part-time work for Consenter Services, which is the company that owns and develops and supports Accelerate. And so I started doing part-time work out in West Texas. Um, I had a job that I liked fine, but I just 
was not, I wasn't overwhelmed. I should say I wasn't busy. I wasn't being challenged. I, I wanted to make change. So things were the way that they were and they ran and it was, it was enjoyable. I loved the people. I loved the atmosphere, but I just wanted more. And so I ended up doing some part-time, not difficult work, but I would say creative work for Accelerate, which is is something that I, I really enjoy. And I, I guess it seemed like, hey, this this person may have a knack for sales, maybe some, you know, she may be able to help our company more. And so when I first actually started, I, I was I was facilitating demos. I was kind of facilitating those sales calls, but not really doing or kind of touching other parts of the company or the process at that point. It was mostly on the sales side. And I think one of the best things about finding a job that you love and finding something that you do that you really enjoy is that it happens sort of naturally and organically and the role that you play and the responsibilities that you have sort of come on as needed and as you kind of come into it, I guess. So I really grew into the role that I have now. It wasn't that I was, you know, cherry picked or anything for this specific thing that I'm doing. It really sort of grew with me. I grew into it. And a lot of that came from just spending time doing the work, learning, having conversations with people. So one of the the cool things about the sales process from where I sit is that I get to sit on calls with people every day and hear what they need, hear what they're struggling with. I always kind of joke that I'm like the CRM therapist because people that are looking for a new system, they are coming usually with the grievances from their past system or the things that they're struggling with or something. And they just sort of unload those things. And so it's always kind of nice, I think, to have somebody on the other end of the of the, the conversation that understands, yeah, that is rough. Or yeah, I do get that. Or hey, I don't know if it makes you feel any better, but I've heard that from several people. Like you're not the only one that's that's struggling with that. That could make it better, could make it worse, but it's such an enjoyable thing to get to sort of be a part of someone's potential journey or their, you know, their potential um, move into either your product or another one that, you know, that seems to be a better fit for them. Just the way that I've kind of grown into my role here and the things that I get to do and the ideas that I get to present that I'm not, you know, shut down on. That's kind of the same way that we want to work with our clients. We want them to grow with us and not just take what we have and then use it the same way that it, that it was the day that they got it. We want it to grow with them as they're growing and changing and the world is changing and all of that. Yeah, I think it's such an interesting perspective. And I, I think it's a, it's a needed perspective inside of this industry where we are an industry that is service-based, right? And it's a people business. And I don't think that there's any technology that's going to take the people business aspect out of this business, but it could make and enhance and enable more people business and relationship building in this business, which would be great because that's what our unique value proposition is within the wealth management side. And too often technology companies pop up and they enter into this industry and they're selling first technology and then they're not even really paying attention to relationship. And to your point, it's like it's more of building that relationship and consultative side because that's what we do in the business and we want to interact that's a core value of ours or we wouldn't be in the business. So we want to interact with others that do that similar. And so I think it is like for technology companies, especially it is a, it is an advantage. It is a, it's a competitive advantage to be focused on the relationship building aspect of it and not necessarily just pushing your technology. Now the CRM 
gosh, where do I start with the CRM? <laughs> so the CRM, we were talking before we started recording how I, I think that the CRM and many people use it as the just a more expensive digital Rolodex sure. and a Rolodex where you can add more notes, basically. They don't get the power out of it, but I think that that's the problem or the challenge facing our industry because we have the tools. We just don't know how to use them effectively. And if we did, I think we could be so much more powerful and beneficial to our to our clients. And I know some advisors may be listening and be like, well, I'm already beneficial to my clients. But yes, but there's a, there's a, there's this wave and this wind blowing in the back of the industry that's saying that if clients want more and you've got to do more, so you've got to get more out of your technology to give you more time. What do you see as the challenge that advisors have with their CRM? One, and how, are, how do you help them get over that hump to get more out of it? I really view the CRM and other technology, other you know fintech that people are using these are the things that can help you grow your business. These, these are the tools that help you meet the goals that you have set for yourself or the goals that you've set for your firm. And so I think it's incredible kind of going back to that relationship that we want to have with our clients is I think it's incredible when the things that we're able to provide as a product, as a partner, other technology are able to provide as a product, as a partner are the things that are helping you reach those goals are helping you meet your clients, provide a, you know, more customized service to your clients or something like that. And I think the struggle is if I focus on my CRM and what I should be doing there, then I'm taking time away from doing actually meeting with my clients. Or if I take focus away from my client relationships to focus on figuring out my technology, then I, it's a one or the other. They feel like if I, it's a choice between one or the other to do people often underutilize their technology. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's like people get in, they use it, and then they don't necessarily always explore every nook, every cranny, every corner. They get it and they, they start rocking and rolling with it because that's the world that we live in. We don't have a lot of time to sit and contemplate and reevaluate and do some of those things that, yes, they would be fabulous to do, but at the end of the day, you have things that need to get done and sort of that's your focus. So, I think that sort of the thing that happens for people is they're not they're not re-engaging with their technology partners. They're not re-engaging with the status of that technology regularly. They start using a product, however it was when they that day, and then they continue to use that product in the same way. And so there may be new features, there may be other thing ways to do things, but they're not necessarily able to get into those other places because again, they're trying to crank the things out that they need to get done and they're utilizing it in the way that they're comfortable. So one of the things that, again, kind of going back to my role and what I get to do and, and really sort of what fits into me is with our team, we are, we are actively trying to provide, hey, um, did you know that this system does this? Or hey, you just started having to track form CRS. So that's a new thing that you're dealing with. Here are some ideas that may help you in the CRM or something like that. So one of my one of my babies um, for Accelerate is actually a, a, a webinar that I host. It's called Coffee with Jen. It's 30 minutes once a month. And it's basically, hey, did you know that you could do this? So it's sessions like that that are basically trying to get people to just very slightly for a second, not for a whole day to, to plan out, but for a second, take the focus off of what they're doing currently and look at it, watch it, see what happens. I really view the CRM as something that should be working for you. You should not simply be using 
your your CRM with with the world that we live in the the amount of information and contact and really service that that clients want the CRM should be helping you do that and and if it's not then it may be that you're either not using all the nooks and crannies or the features that you that you actually have or you're in a system that that just isn't going to do that for you you mentioned such a good and interesting challenge that I, I don't know how we solve it. I, I, I think I understand some ways to, but I mean, it's all a matter of time, right? It's a time thing because, you know, what y'all are doing with the coffee chats and like the, and identifying specific new releases that are specific to certain clients is really valuable, but eventually someone has to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you know to your point, like they're in the business of serving clients, you know, raising AUM, providing more services, and they're not in the technology maintenance and, and strategy business. But you know, the the challenge is is, and this is also happening with regards to why margin compression is happening. And I saw this in a conversation I recently had, where I had a conversation with five billion dollar plus firms, and also you know, 750 million and below firms. And the 505 billion plus firms were going out and hiring actual people to do additional services like accounting and estate planning, et cetera, because the impact of that cost wasn't negatively impacting their margin as much. Whereas the under 750 million people were struggling because they don't know how to loop in another firm to help provide the service and they're worried about the relationship. And so they're not able to provide that. So it's causing this like huge division in the industry where the competition is going to become harder and harder. And I think the same thing is happening with technology where, you know, the larger firms are investing in people to manage the tech stack and and to focus on that because the impact to the firm is greater than the impact of the cost to margin. Mm -hmm. And so think about like that gap, right? The 750 to 5 billion, right? Where they don't have, they're kind of in that group, but they're not. How do, I mean, seems like ripe ground for consultants, but where, I mean, but consultants always come in and give great ideas. But again, the challenge with consultants, and I I have a lot of friends that are consultants and a lot of great consultants in this industry that I think really highly of, the challenge is they come in and tell you what you should do. Someone's still got to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. How do, I mean, from your perspective and you know what you've seen, how do you overcome that except for just brute force of like, hey, just pull up the pants, buckle them up and let's go. You know, I think it's tough. I think it's a balance that everybody, a balance that everybody has to, to figure out for them. You know, the balance to one firm is going to look different to the balance for another. And I think a lot of that also has to do with sort of their, I would say, couple of year outlook. What are they trying to do? We have several firms that are in acquisition mode. They are hiring people. They are growing like crazy. We have others that are like, we're good with where we're at people wise, we're, you know, trying to, like you said, add a service or start doing something uh, with our clients that maybe we're not doing. There's also sort of this growing level is, I guess it fits our current society. There's a growing level of distrust for Mm. consultants, for technology partners, for whatever, like simply something's not going to go right. Or like what they're, you know, what they do, some like, that's either too good to be true or the number of people I talked to that did something that didn't go well for some piece of technology, not CRM necessarily, but something they had a bad transition. They had somebody leave um, their firm and that caught, you know, there's a lot of things that happen that sort of disrupt what somebody's accustomed to. So I think almost some of those disruptions also make it harder to lean into adopting technology or to lean into 
working with a consultant to figure things out is like, yes, I could do that. And it could end up helping me, but it could also cost a lot of money. It could also not end up making a difference or there's sort of that. And it's almost like a hesitancy to, to take the plunge. I think there's a lot of firms that are sort of in, in that space. And so I'm give, we're giving you these ideas. There are these features you can use. There is this stuff that's out there that you can utilize. But to your point, somebody has, somebody is researching it. Somebody is sitting on the demos. Somebody is getting cost. Somebody is trying to understand all of that. So it's, I can't, again, I don't envy anybody on the other yeah. side of my conversations because there's so many elements of what to do and what directions you can go in and, and the impacts of that. But there are also, there are products out there in, in many of the different the spaces that do actually have built-in consulting or a partner that can provide product and also implement the things that you might want. So I, I'm going to use us in particular at Accelerate. We obviously have our product and, and our licensing and everything. We also can do consulting work. So yes, we are presenting all of these ideas that you could do. You may say that looks so great, but I have no time or desire to figure out how to do that. Can you give me an estimate to do that sort of work for me? We can mm-hmm. absolutely do that kind of service. And there are other products out there like that. So it's not only being able to present things or putting new features into their into their products. But there's also some some groups out there that have the the actual support and ability to implement those things for you. I want to just ask the obvious question. Why is it so dang hard to implement and get technology set up the right way? Why is it so hard? Like I learned how to use my iPhone really easily. Like my son who's two and a half knows how to use my iPhone. Why do we make it so dang difficult for technology to be utilized and implemented and integrated in this industry? Are we, are we thinking of it the wrong way? I don't know. I would say to your iPhone example, yeah, I think, you know, everyone picks up their iPhone and they know how to use it. But kind of going back to my example, there's all kinds of stuff. My, I have an iPhone 13 Pro because I like the big screen and I wanted the good camera for my kids. I guarantee there are a thousand things on that phone that I have no idea exist, or I don't know how to use them. I would never even come across them. And so I, it kind of goes back to that. I think people get something to, for, for whatever it is that they think that thing does like a CRM. It's my Rolodex. This is where I should keep my contact information and my notes. And they don't, they think, yeah, I know how to use this or yeah, I'm using this right. But that doesn't mean that they actually are. And so I think some of the difficulty with, implementing technology correctly is they're not implementing it wholly. They are implementing it for the thing that they think it does primarily, but not necessarily thinking about all of the other things that it could be doing. And so I think that's where some of the frustration comes is like, I have all these, I have 25 things in my tech stack. How is it possible that I still need stuff? And I would venture to guess that the person that has 25 things in their tech stack or 15 things in their tech stack, they probably have systems that are overlapping in functionality. And they either don't know it or they don't have the resource to figure out, can my can a system I currently have handle this for me? And if so, what does that look like? All right. Last question is, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Probably the thing that I focus on and I think is a good lesson. It doesn't always feel feel good is that you can, as a salesperson, it is always important to be true and and be yourself and not necessarily reach for a sale. 
I love that. Jennifer, we could go on for hours, but you've got, <laughs> you've got uh, things to tend to. And I know our listeners took a ton away from this. If they want to continue following you, getting in touch with you, whatever it may be, and continue to hear your thoughts on the industry and, and CRM and best utilization and everything of that nature, what's the best way for them to follow you and get in touch with you? So I would say the best way to get to hear from me all the time is to become an Accelerate user because you get to hear from us all the time, me personally in that. But otherwise, I would have anybody traveling, going back to conferences this year, I will be at several conferences. So definitely, if you see Accelerate on the list, it's likely that I will be there. Always happy to, to talk with people and, and hear sort of what they have going on in either their technologies, um, if they have a, a you know an outside product or an integration or something like that that may be of use. I love hearing about those things and presenting those to our clients or just in general, CRM. If you like to talk CRM, I'm happy to be your person. Jennifer Thomas, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being gracious with your time and spending it here with us on Bridging the Gap. We'll look to have you back on soon, but stay well, stay safe, and uh, thanks so much again. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think. 